Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing annoying bartenders. And due to the new lockdown, unusually, we're recording this remotely. Nick, so you and bartenders not getting on? No, well, it's not. It's lockdown, isn't it? So I haven't been to a bar for a while now. It's been a few weeks. Um, but it, it actually isn't a real life bartender. It's one on the internet. Um, oh. So, so I've I've been having the odd Friday Friday afternoon cocktail. It's quite nice to end the week with a mm. you know it's something which isn't just which takes a bit of effort to make. Um, and uh, so I've been looking on uh, sort of online cocktail. Uh, recipes just to sort of decide what I'm going to have, you know. And um, uh, there was this one particular video. I can't even remember what it what he was making, like a mojito or something. Mm. But this guy was being so annoying with uh, and pretentious about it, and um, had this thing where instead of just pouring the drinks in, you know, from the little measure measure flask thing, he was kind of doing it backhanded. So mm. it was sort of, you know, sort of like he got this little special way of pouring the drinks in and was sort of suggested it was almost the the implication was that this was just better, you know, because he was doing it differently. And then I realized how irritating I find co- people mixing cocktails in bars. There's just something so annoying about it, quite apart from, um, you know, having to wait for ages because because all you want is a is a pint of lager and somebody else has ordered something which takes ten minutes for them to fart about with all that kind of you know hipstery craft cocktaily stuff. Um, I uh, and and then I, I what I couldn't work out is why why I find it so annoying. So I put you know we've got this Slack channel at work and I said I find these bartenders aren't they annoying. And uh, Chris, who isn't on the podcast, but he said, uh, yeah, also people on jet skis. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it's people on jet skis and annoying bartenders. I think we're moving. They they evoke the exact same reaction in me. And I, I and I want to pin down what that is. Um, uh, and I is is am I being irrational or is am i being is there something is there reason to my to my irrational loathing of these of these people so so to be clear we you 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 don't the the you don't like the mixologists i'm sure you probably find the con, the term mixologist annoying but you don't like those mixologists who are sort of not just quietly unobtrusively pouring cocktails as, as any normal person might it's the it's the flinging bottles up in the air and things that's that you, that's very it. much yes yeah someone having a cocktail not a prob but this, the whole theatre associated okay. with it. Yeah. So I've, I've got some insight on this. Um, and by the way, I was very wary about when we chose this podcast topic. We just end, it's one of those where we just moan about stuff. But, but you know, I guess that's what we might do. I don't know. Let's see. But um, yeah, about a year or so ago, I was, I was, I was making a film um, about um, um, this cocktail maker. Um, and actually, one of the things he said is, no one does that stuff anymore. And, and it, all us, you know, proper cocktail makers, we look down upon and think they're a bunch of jokers, those guys and girls who throw stuff around and pour stuff in a poncy way. But um, I have to say, it was one of the most pleasant filming experiences I've ever had. And I, I, I remember texting my wife at about 10.30 in the morning on a Wednesday going, I am so drunk. Um, <laughs> and because the reason why is because you, if you're filming just one camera, you need to get the same shot 
from uh, sorry, you need to get the, the same action from different sh- from different angles. And so, literally meant, shots in this case. Yeah, right. And so it meant we built up this sort of quite a sort of you know. So there were two, three, four, five you know cocktails sort of floating around. And what you're going to do with a load of cocktails floating around? Well, you have to drink them. So Good ways um, not to. Exactly. So it was lovely. Um, but anyway, so well, look. Let, let's try and broaden this out then. Is it just um, people on jet skis and and mixologists? Is it just those two <laughs> categories <laughs> yeah. of people? Mixologists um, on jet skis. Don't get me started. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, who else is there? Uh, Peter, you're pretty mild mannered. Is there anyone out there? <laughs> any, any sort of no. types who get on your nerves? No, not really. I'm I'm pretty just like you do you. I'll do me. Just whatever you, whatever you want to get up to. That's fine. I mean, there there there's a huge array of amazing sort of useless talents that people have dedicated their lives to uh, getting into a high degree of skill um in, in, in a high degree of proficiency in something that is ultimately pretty pointless certainly pointless from my perspective but um okay. you only have to there's a great subreddit called useless talents um <laughs> it's, it's 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 well worth a check out most of it's kind of people just you know uh, posting a video of how they can roll their tongue in an interesting way or something but you know sometimes the people have posted like articles about how somebody has you know like solving rubik's cubes in under a millisecond and and just things that really what's the point why have you, you know, why have you dedicated have you so seen the one life? about the guy who can always guess what acronyms stand for <laughs> it's it's a it's an absolutely extraordinary work of okay. art this thread this guy said look I can, if you post a question uh you know uh, but only as acronyms i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what it means and he just you know unfailingly gets every single one of these it's it's quite remarkable and um i remember seeing a, a thing in the 80s it was a i can't remember what it was it i think it was a like a game show or something of sort of useless talents and there were these guys who could tell you <laughs> who could tell you what queen song was being played through a speaker by only watching that speaker's effect on a nearby candle. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they could only do it with Queen songs. But I, I remember thinking that is really spectacular, but I, it's hard to imagine when that would come in handy. Well, hold on. I think we're going off on a tangent. We are a bit. I think I, we're probably a fan of these kinds of people. Yeah, but... well, that's the thing. So it, it's. It, I think that's the interesting thing. And there are, because it isn't just, um, it's almost... I think I think it actually does have to do with with talent um, and the lack thereof and or the perceived lack thereof, because I have no problem with a violinist standing up and, you know, more or less showing off about playing the violin for an hour because I feel like they deserved it. They've they've earned that. So there's Mm. something about someone acting like mixing a cocktail is the same as playing the violin, which Mm. I find irritating. And I want to know why. Well, look, are there any more? Or is, are we, we're still on those two, right? Yeah. I mean, what about ski instructors? Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah good one. Yeah, okay. exactly. But I also wrote, and now I have a theory which I won't expose yet, but mm. um, based on the theory, I, that helped me narrow down things that I feel like are a little bit, uh, a little bit similar. Celebrities who don't do anything, are totally untalented and yet are there. Yeah. Um, uh people who drive their cars down the road with really loud music blaring out people this who is driving as a grumpy old man loud motorbikes <laughs> people who listen yeah. to music out loud on the tube or on the bus um 
I think that they're all part of it as well. Part of this same nexus of sort of, oh my God, why? It, and so here's the, here's my first clue. Guardians of think, the Gates of Wankerdom. I, I think they, well, we'll get on to wankers v. douchebags v. arseholes because I think there's a, there's, there's a subtle di- di- distinction between them. But I, th- I, th- I think it's something to do with being the center of attention or calling attention to yourself mm. for no good reason. Mm. There's, my fir- there's my first stab. Mm. Now, my theory develops more from there. But mm. perhaps we do want to move on to, you know, it, it, the, are, are these people... What's the difference between a wanker and an arsehole and a douchebag? Because we don't have the term douchebag in in the UK, but I think it's absolutely perfect. I think I mean, it's a great term for, for for these kinds of people. I think, are we in the realms of um, Team America, right? <laughs> Which is, what is it? Dicks, pussies and arseholes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, actually, when they explain it, you go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And maybe you're on the, non, is it, is there a, oh, uh, maybe you have, we have equivalent categories here. I don't know. Uh, see, I, th- I, th- well, I found a really good attempt to separate these things. Well, first of all, there is actually a whole book called Arseholes, a Theory by a guy mm. called Aaron James. Mm. And he splits, he splits that out into a, into a different, a typography of, um, the smug, smug arsehole, the self-aggrandizing arsehole, the corporate arsehole. But the one of the key things is that um, the difference between your douchebag and your arsehole is mm. that um, arseholes, I, I saw this, so, someone wrote this, I can't remember who, but they're, they're proud of being arseholes. Mm. Um, douchebags don't realize they're doing it. And the other thing is that I think um, the uh, sort of arseholes are actively mean. Yeah, yeah, it's like nasty about them. Yeah, whereas there's something, in a way, even more infuriating about the douchebag who actually isn't even going out of his way. He's so self-centered. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't even want to hurt you. He just doesn't care who you are. They're like an ignorant asshole. They're they're not doing it for... They're not doing it on purpose. They're just doing it for... There's a lack of self-awareness there. Yeah. It's all the more irritating. What was the, wasn't there a third one? Do you say assholes? Yeah, wankers. Wankers. Okay. Yeah, I, I I feel like that wanker has a connotation of sort of slight stupidity as well, or kind of incompetence. So I think it's got all of the. So if you take so Aaron James's definition of an asshole is someone who allows themselves to enjoy special advantages in social relations out of an entrenched sense of entitlement that mm. immunizes them against the complaints of other people is that sense of entitlement, the sense that they are better than other people when they're not. So is this where and your mixologist comes in? I Now, so, yeah. So I think the, the, the it's the fact that they are in a kind of position of power, certainly mm. in a position of power sort of temporarily because you have to wait for them to serve you mm. and you're competing against other people. They're the center of attention and and they appear to have, you know, some sort of aura of status around that. And yet, unlike, you know, a, a musician, it's completely unearned. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I think that might be that could be where, you know, where my where my theory is going. But also but because then also it may, forces you to make a judgment about that person, because also it just shows you that's the kind of person who they've reached you know the um the the height of what their minimal talents can be <laughs> it's it's do, do you see what i mean it's just yeah they would, yeah right because we, because they, because what they're doing is just not intrinsically that hard yeah 
And so it's like another reason on top of it. I'm not, it's another layer. It's got, there's rich layers to this actually. <laughs> Peter. I can really get with this, Nick, by the way. I can really get with it. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm conscious that we're, I'm conscious that we're being very, we're being very kind of uh, rude about people's choice of talent. Um, in defense of, Bartenders, couple couple of things I've got to say. So, um, the, so the bar, the bartender, the mixologist who he juggles his his bottles and shakers and whatnot. He's doing that to entertain his customers, and presumably part of the skill in that job is to know when you have got an audience who's receptible to that. Right. So I've I've been in cocktail bars and I've seen people do this, and they. I think, by and large, they're doing it when they think they're gonna is gonna sort of entertain the people with possibly with an aim for just that that in itself in its own right, but also possibly to get a tip from from people who are buying the drinks. And I've also witnessed in several places that they they tone it down when the bar is busy, so they don't they 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 might do less or do nothing if there's a busy bar because they they realise that actually ultimately. Their job is to sell drinks. The more drinks they sell, the better, rather than showing off. So I think in defense, the, the by and large people are generally a bit more sensible. But here's a question, Nick. Um, so essentially what they're doing is like entertaining in a similar way to, say, a clown would juggle. Um, do you find clowns and jugglers and kind of street performers of that ilk irritating? You, you know, I kind of do, actually. There, there is uh, no, I don't mind if you do juggling actually is almost it's on the cusp, I think. Because it's such a pointless thing to be able to do. Juggling only exists to show off that you can juggle. Like it doesn't produce any other output other than showing that you can do it. It's not particularly visually pleasing. I don't it think that's true. Purely showing off. Well, that's why I said they're on the cusp. Hmm. I'm not. Then I'm. I might give them. I'll give them ten minutes to impress me. <laughs> yeah. But but no, I think Peter's being way over generous here. Like. Well, they're, actually, they're, they're just... not these bar people, these ch bottle chuckers. They're not doing it because they think the crowd is demanding a show. They're doing it to show off and probably to girls. And also, I just find that so irritating. There's, of course, a kind of suave context to it as well, yeah. which is also annoying. But actually, I'm slightly alarmed by uh, Peter going to all these cocktail bars all the time because I just don't, I wouldn't be able to draw upon that range of data because. You know, I've been to a cocktail bar maybe three times in my life. I don't know. So, but you go, you go to these places where sometimes it's busy, sometimes it's not, Peter, and sometimes I, I don't know. I you like didn't strike me as a Come kind on, of cocktail don't judge, person. Don't judge me. I like, I like a Bellini now <laughs> but, again. So, where are we going with this? You started. You were talking. Have, have we reached the bottom of your theory? Uh, no, we've barely scratched the surface. <laughs> of my oh, then keep going. So, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Well, well okay. So, I think take I us think down further. My, I, but it's disappointing that Peter doesn't. I think Peter's rationalising his. I think he deep down he's got a lot of rage and he's trying to pretend that he has. <laughs> I've got a lot of rage. But I not just about refuse. This. <laughs> yeah, but I refuse to believe that you there aren't these kinds of behaviours you don't find really irritating. Look, okay, let, let's put it this way: the guy on uh, the tube, usually the bus, actually, who's playing his music through his speakers. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't put guy, them in the same right? class as this person at at all. Like the, the principal distinction for me, the, the guy on the bus, person he on the thinks bus, he's he thinks he's entertaining people, but he's not. No, 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 no. They, he's I, irritating I think he's just people. Doing it because that's how he does it. Um, he's well, not. Why are you the, being the, so the generous key, to the, the bar key, staff the key, and not to yeah, this well, guy? The key distinction is the bar staff chucking the bottles around. 
have they've practiced that it takes a lot of practice to juggle bottles around oh, without. So it is merely a qu- it's a quantitative issue. But also, that's maybe even the worst. So that makes it even worse because they've devoted pushing... time to this pointless thing that's just well, about self-aggrandizement. That's just what they do for fun, right? You know, I, I, I cycle and things, and so be, this is going to get me the girls. They're going to love this. Um, yeah, but you know, it's just you know, I do pointless things for fun, and people well, people would think it's pointless, but other people would think it's highly. Virtuous. Do you do wheelies down Crouch Hill? <laughs> no, I've never right. been to really so in my life. So if you did, then you'd be in. I'm afraid you'd be in my my uh, well, douchebag bracket. Mountain, Philip, from, as a mountain biker, wheelies are actually a useful thing in in mountain biking. Be able to Uh-oh. do wheelies. He's rationalising it again. Is is a useful thing, but not not down Crouch Hill. That's pointless. But the, to being able to do it while 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 off road is a useful thing for getting over over the jumps. And things. See, I feel that uh, for each of these activities, you can concoct a spurious explanation, like Peter's necessity to to do wheelies on mountains, mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. and the fact that allegedly some people find bottle chuckers entertaining. They don't. No one does. Everyone hates it. Um, and I think even the person on the bus with playing their bloody music through their speaker i think they're going to rationalize it and say you know oh i'm just putting on a show for people you can all just listen to my fantastic music and enjoy it you know same as i do and if you if you're if you complain about it you're just a boring stick in the mud and i and i i feel like it's the same thing it's 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 making yourself the social center of attention in an undeserved way which which is touching on where, what my theory really is the real right. The real theory, which so is to the do kernel with kernel of it, yeah. Well, it's to do with sort of the policing of of status, hmm. which obviously we're hugely well tuned to. Hmm. Is sort of who is high status, who's low status, and making sure that people have the status they deserve is really important. So, Robin Hanson, um, uh, you know, he of the, the 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 signaling guy, well, the one who kind of has done probably the most thinking about you know signaling as a kind of fundamental human activity, um, talks about the fact that there's um, the the sort of two types of status, which are um, pre- prestige and dominance. So you can get you can get you know which is the kind of um, someone who a prestige is to do with love essentially and dominance is to do with fear so it's like the person who's mm. really well liked because they're a nice guy and you know funny versus this playground bully can both get uh get status and um uh he makes this quite interesting point that that people often are, because we disapprove of dominance type status Right, we really strongly primed to disapprove that because it's bad for us if we get dominated. But but prestige type status is fine, like that's good because prestige is almost is kind of having assets that you can use to help people. The way that Stephen Pink has defined it, that prestige is having the ability to do things for people. Should you show choose um, that if if there's some if if there's someone we don't like, we try to reframe it as um, as dominance. So. So, for example, people will look at sort of tech billionaires and try to claim that they have exploited a dominant position and have cheated their way to the top mm. rather than that they've come up with, uh, you know, an innovative business model, which they seek to exploit. Or, um, you know, saying that, um, I guess, sort of the way that the Nazis, you know, were trying to chain, claim that the Jews were in a sort of international conspiracy and they were exploiting 
their position of power to to subjugate Germans rather than that they were simply good at stuff and you know made money through it um I I think other even more esoteric things like fights over you know who's good at modern art you know our our um our uh you know people who win the Turner Prize um, people who don't like modern art want to reframe what they're doing as exploiting their connections in the pretentious art world to get publicity rather than that they're producing something of value. So, so, and I, I think this is taps into the same feeling that when yeah. I see, when I see someone showing off making a cocktail, I think, well, they're just, they're exploiting the fact that they are center of attention, mm. you know, um, and they are not, they don't deserve sort of artificially created set of prestige that they have simply by, you know, being the person who we're all competing for to make us a, a drink. So I, that's my th- theory. That's my theory. My theory is that it's basically a kind of prestige status policing um, yeah. and therefore quite buried quite deep down in my limbic system, um, yeah. Why, yeah. where this motivation comes from Those and why it's so visceral. So those bloody status cheaters or status stealers. Yeah, status, status. What do they call those American? The in America they've got a word and they oh stolen valor. Yeah, 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 yeah. For people who who dress up as um, soldiers so that yeah. they can get a ten percent discount at Walmart. But and, okay, uh, so I've got so a question then. So let's assume it is all about signaling and signaling status. Is it not that they're they're just signaling things that you don't value? They're signaling their proficiency in things that you don't value. No, I'll tell you what it is. It's because they're signaling with something which is actually, it's all they've got. That's all they've got. Because How do you know that? They go, they, because, the guy because working if, in the bar because, might, be, because it's so might be a thin. secret math genius. It's He's so so such like a douchebag apologist. It's so thin that anyone with any uh, wherewithal, if they really wanted to, they could do that, but they don't because it's just bloody stupid. Whereas these these and let's call them guys because they are generally I, I, guys. I, I see a challenge coming along. I'd like to see Fraser and Nick try to learn how to juggle bottles. Easy, right. easy. <laughs> um, well, actually, look, we need we need to wind up, which means brings you on to question. Um, no, but I, I think Peter's qu- question is a good one. I, I but I, what was I the question? In I've a way, it... I forgot what it was. So why 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 can't you just let live and let live? Then except there are kind of different populations within the world that have different value sets and and the fact that some population of there are people who go to bars and like seeing people juggle bottles and therefore people who will want to signal that they are good at no juggling one, bottles. literally no one wants to that's what i'm saying like i don't, I don't, think I don't otherwise they wouldn't be a market for sportsmen. it there isn't a market for it they're exploiting no, the fact all, that they're in they, front of people to to show off yeah, That's... I don't think I, I I've witnessed people being entertained okay, by it. Peter, so the fact agree. that the fact that people drive down the street with their with their windows open, blaring out blaring out loud music, is that because there's a market for it? No, I'm, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking specifically about the bartenders. No, no one pays a bar a bartender <laughs> to juggle bottles if they're not actually buying a drink at the same time. If I, there was a market I, well, for actually, bottle they juggling, do, they actually but, pay but, them to but, juggle bottles. Actually, there are, there are cocktail bars that give bonuses to people who are able to juggle bottles. Yes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is no one walks into a bar and says, oh, I don't want a drink, but here's five quid so you can juggle <laughs> some bottles. No one does that because there isn't a market for it. No one values it. But I, there is a, I don't, I don't personally want to watch a footballer. But I, but I know that people do, and it's a genuinely valuable thing. And I don't mind footballers being high status by being good at it. I, I things 
like being able to play your music on in the on the bus immediately gives you dominance center of attention the status for but it's not something that anyone wants and it's the same with bottle jugglers and i think my argument is a kill is a killer there no one no one pays to watch people juggle bottles when they're not buying we're getting bogged down we're getting bogged down we're getting bogged down i i think there is crucial for the whole argument i actually probably side with peter on this one i think there is an audience for that i think there are certain kind of people who like that kind of thing but they can be rope they can be they're all off um, together in, in their third circle of hell anyway. So I have a counter theory before we start wrapping up. Okay. So my theory that my, my theory that uh, the, the source of Nick's sort of visceral hatred for these kinds so of really people, I'm talking about, now I'm talking specifically about the subset of those people he finds annoying, which are that there is some degree of talent, i.e. there's been work and practice put in to getting good at that. Not the person on the bus with the phone, but the bartender is an example of this. I think he's just envious because he is so sort of physically uh, malcoordinated, <laughs> terrible hand-like coordination, and has never been able to never been able to master the art of juggling, and so just hates them all. It's a, it's a, it, it's it's a, it is true that I'm not very good at at, at juggling, but also <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. I'm all right with fine motor control, but not ne- nothing bigger than that. Well, thank you, Peter, because that actually does lead me on to the question I want to ask. And I think you might have found out, uh, Nick, there and got to the bottom of it all. So here's a question for you. Um, what useless talent would you like to have? Um, either Nick or Peter go for that. I think I, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to play the piano as well as Nick. <laughs> I like I, I like there's a kind of the backhandedness of that compliment. Yeah, it's true that it's not going to cure COVID, but it gives people people a chance something to listen to. Mm. I think uh, it's a very useful talent, you know, but I'm biased as well because I would also like to be able to play the piano like Nick. Um but yeah, I would consider it yeah to um to be a useful thing, a desirable thing. Anything else, Peter? I'd like to be better at mount, uh, cycling and fitness generally. Um just like be be fitter and strong, be a 16 year old again. <laughs> um, okay. uh, you know, I mean, I do, I do cycling for the fitness and for you know the exercise and the kind of getting out there with some friends. I don't need to be any better because I get, a, I get a good workout doing it, but it'd be mm. nice to be better. Sure. I think that the useless talent I would like actually would be magic because I do love magic tricks. I'd love to be able to sort of pull a 10 pence piece out of the kid's ear, that kind of thing. Um, I'd love to be able to do magic. Just get yourself a copy of JB Bobo's Coin Magic, the classic. Uh, I think I've got it. Was it JB? JB Bobo. <laughs> step one, get the book. Step two, read it, Fraser. Yeah. I think I might acquire have done a coin. One. I suspect he's further fallen down at step two. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Actually, following through on something. But, yeah, that would be yeah, my talent your, that I'd the like. Talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick? <laughs> Well, I, I, uh, I, th- I, is, I guess it's things that are, are useless, right? So it's got to be things that are, te- I'm going to say, technologically obsolete, and yet um, impressive to watch. That they're the things that we're looking for. So I think I'd go with just like ridiculous mental arithmetic, which. Um, so there was there was two actually that that the ridiculous mental arithmetic which is always just astounding when you see these people who can get given two two ten digit numbers and multiply them together in their head you know in sort of 0.1 seconds i mean completely useless these days but um almost as a result uh really impressive because you know that they haven't even had to learn it you know Mm. it's just they've they've sort of (laughs) learned it for fun Mm. um 
the other is I, I'm, I've always been uh, bad at representational art. I'm all right at technical drawing, but I'm not very, I'm hopeless at drawing things. I'd love to be able to draw like little caricatures of people, mm. you know, like do really good little drawings of people. It would be a good party trick. And you could, you could you could put yourself in the same class as the bartender in that case. But no, because it yeah. would give people something useful at the end. Would it, though? <laughs> right. I think before before things flare up again, I think we should uh, stop there. Um, great. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Cockill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.